now is not the time to talk about. I think you need to, need to go over a couple of things, communicate. Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the first of many meetings of the performance panel. Like I told these guys before we started recording, I am full of bullshit, and you are hearing all of it right now because none of this is scripted. It never will be scripted, and I literally have no idea what the fuck we're doing, which leads me into the next part. Everything that comes after this is all hypothetical discussion. Neither myself, nor Jake, nor David condone any use of illegal substances or anything along those lines because we are all loving and law-abiding citizens uh, in the great state of Nevada, Utah, wherever the fuck you are, Dave. Montana, <laughs> Wyoming. Montana? Wyoming? Wyoming? I don't know. Yeah. There you it's go. It's all the same, all right? right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So now that, now that that's out of the way, I'm going to fucking smoke this hypothetical bowl of marijuana. CBD? Looks God like CBD it. to me. It's definitely CBD. Um, okay, but we this all this all this stuff basically uh, came to a head really like just randomly. Uh, Jake, Jake, David, and I have just been like engaged in a couple of a variety of conversations, just talking about uh, performance en enhancing drugs and just strategies and techniques to make athletes better uh, over the course of the past couple of months. Jake is actually doing my my coaching and. Uh, supplement and basically my life protocol currently uh, and I'm very excited about it it's going very well and I think he and I have a recipe for uh, success that we're building together but because of that and because of a lot of the conversations that I've had with him and the conversations that I know he has had with David and that I have had with David um, we are basically uncovering that a lot of people have no idea what the fuck is going on when it comes to supplementation and enhancement of their training. Uh, and because of that, we thought it would be a wise move uh, to do our due diligence. And even though none of us are scientists, doctors, or medical professionals, we have a lot of anecdotal experience and a lot of educational experience when it comes to a lot of this stuff, whether it's supplementation, training, uh, movement, or just anything that could relate to anybody who is an athlete. So we opened up the floor to the internet basically randomly decided that we were going to do a podcast and put it on YouTube too. But this is the first of many. We're going to field a bunch of random fucking questions regarding performance enhancement, uh, training, recovery, and any, anything else you can think of. And obviously the, the errant random question, because no, not one of my followers has any level of reading comprehension. Um, <laughs> and we're just going to get right into it. Well, actually like Jake, David, introduce yourselves. I don't fucking know. People know who I am there. They wouldn't fucking be listening. <laughs> listening if they didn't it's fucking my goddamn instagram and youtube i don't know why yeah. <laughs> go ahead jake well yeah jake benson i'm from utah i've been powerlifting like five years or so uh gosh been in school forever um taking like just uh, a lot of chemistry i know a lot of a lot of chemistry basically um that's about all i have to say about that i guess uh, my name is david herrera and uh I've been powerlifting, doing some strongman, just anything that involves being strong and moving heavy shit for about eight years. Um, and I don't really have any formal education, but I do have a lot of people that have been doing this way longer than any of us, uh, probably as long as some of us have been alive, <laughs> that have uh, taught me, you know, ropes down as far as like 
hey, you know, this, this is kind of like the best practice of a lot of this st- type of stuff. And specifically, like just stepping back and taking a big picture at why are you doing the things you're doing? And is it really, are you really needing to use that big of a hammer to get the things done type of type of thinking? So that's, that's really what, like where I come from as far as PED use and that sort of stuff. Cool. So basically what you're telling me is the, uh, the classical three grams of test per week might not exactly be the most efficacious dose that everyone needs. And that shouldn't be the first cycle we all hop on. <laughs> no, definitely. Not. Well, e- even the very first cycle that I'm sure every single one of us in here have heard is, you know, 500 milligrams of test. That's your first cycle. That's what you stick with and, and go at it. And I'm like, eh, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad or, or good. I'm just saying, does that actually accomplish what you want to accomplish? You know, the details matter, essentially. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So um, if, if you guys, if you guys are satisfied with that um basically what what we are what we're saying is jake but all of us have a great deal of actual training and like training experience and exposure to this stuff for a long long time uh some of us longer than others uh i have a base a kinesiology biomechanics exercise science background jake has the chemistry background and david has been around people that are smarter than all of us combined four times over for about as long as I have been alive, most likely. So in an ideal world, we can actually accomplish uh, some stuff and get some questions answered and basically help people avoid some of the dumb shit that even I have done when I started using performance enhancement at 20 years old. Um, So to, to the point that you were making, Dave, let's just start running through some of these questions. Um, the uh, Thug, Thugzaddy89, uh, which is an incredible Instagram handle, uh, asked me, and this is kind of to your point, Dave, like the first, uh, the first cycle, because it seems like this guy is pretty much a novice. He says, what is the safest drug to stack on test? Stack on test? Yeah. Well, so that's where the details matter. So well, this is what I would say. Okay. Are, are you a power lifter? Are you at the top of your weight class? Are you at the bottom of the weight class? That's going to make huge differences with, so let's just say hypothetical because we don't know much about him. So let's just say he's in the middle of his weight class and he's he can afford to gain actual tissue and, and water weight and whatnot. At that point, I would say the thing that you're going to want is things things that bring volume. I would stay away from orals in general unless what you become advanced enough that you can take advantage of them. Um, generally speaking, from a health as- aspect. So I would say things that bring fullness, things that bring a lot of glycogen retention, uh, DECA comes to mind. And if it's your first cycle, you don't need 300 milligrams of, de- of DECA a week, or even, le- you know, I'm, I'm talking 100 milligrams, 150 on top of your testosterone, that's going to bring volume. You have the flip side of that. Um, somebody who's already at their weight class and maybe three or four pounds above it, they're not going to want DECA. You're going to want something that brings just muscular contraction ability uh, with the least amount of water retention. Now you're talking something like a Mastron or a Prima Bolin, um, things like that. Um, I would use orals once you start getting more advanced and you kind of start stacking more. Like you, ha- you have two injectables and an oral. Now, now we're talking and you need to use that oral strategically 
for, to give you the best bang for your buck because you can't run it for 12 weeks straight. Or let me, let me, well, you can do whatever the hell you want. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't run it for 12 weeks straight at, you know, hundred milligrams every day. But uh, yeah, then you start getting more strategic about where you place your orals and how much you're going to take, et cetera. Um, but that, that's a quick, quick way yeah. of how I would think about that type of situation. Okay. And, and to, and to that point, this, this is kind of how I figured like this would, this entire thing would go. I'm not anticipating getting through all these questions because what you said right there, that bring, that brought up something that I wanted to touch on and that me and Jake have actually been having a lot of conversations about is like the, the difference in the attributes of some of these uh, drugs that we're, that we're taking or know that people are taking uh the ones that are going to bring about like more water retention more like like fluid volume uh like it just make the muscles and you bigger but there are there's a lot of or there's a lot to say about the neurological side of steroids and performance enhancing drugs that not a lot of people think about because there are a lot of compounds that bring about like we uh what what's that that very basic word that everyone talks about what like you attribute new gains to it it's like a, a ner- like ah oh, fuck not it basically it's like proprioceptive awareness like basically your neurological connection to your muscles um just b- building mind muscle co- or mind muscle connection mm-hmm. that yeah. and that happens at a very very at a very young point or a young point in the person's training career some of these drugs can actually enhance that, like Mastron, DHB, um, Trenbolone to a certain extent, like mm-hmm. basically like make you work harder even and, and it goes and it's how a lot of individuals along with proper training and nutrition and like protocols and whatnot, they can stay in the same weight class and continue to get stronger, but they're not putting muscular tissue on. You don't have like every 600 pound bencher doesn't have an 80 inch chest. They, they can be a 220, a 242 who is dense and hard and strong and muscular, but they just know how to use those muscles very, very well. And sometimes these drugs play a role in that. Yeah, absolutely. I would, yes. I would also throw in there um, as far as like, you know, PEDs that you, you can use. It, if it, it depends on the person's age as well and, uh, and their health, because you don't even necessarily have to go down the androgen route, right? Like there are a lot of things that you can throw in there um, that, you know, you can, you can get a really big benefit. Like, uh, and David's really big into this as well is, is using insulin. Like insulin can have a huge, huge benefit helping you learn, helping you have better motor unit control, uh, you know, a million different things you can use it for. So um, don't even necessarily look for, you know, it has to be an androgen, it has to be a steroid. There are a lot of like what you could call ergogenic um, aids that, that are going to give you a huge performance enhancing boost, but not necessarily have to be the hammer that androgens can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that I really wanted to talk about too, because not like I have a lot of people asking me about like the variety of things that I recommend from like amino asylum or wherever else, but it's basically just the fact that I've over the past six months or so basically like ever since you've recommended me look into all this stuff jake is how vocal i've been about like my use of carnitine choline um insulin growth hormone uh just the variety of things that sort of they're not they're not androgenic they're not they're not the steroids that are going to get like put your body into the in into the position where you're like 
like not destroying yourself, but just burning a little bit too hot, you know, like being on trend for like 12 months, some crazy <laughs> shit like that. It's, yeah. it's, you, you can do a lot by taking these things that aren't exactly commonly thought of in the, in the average power lifter or average bodybuilders realm, but it can absolutely put you one step ahead of that individual who is taking three grams total per week plus their orals, but then not, e not even looking at insulin or growth or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because carnitine's just gonna make that that androgen work better in the first place. Um, mm -hmm. like, you throw in a bunch of carnitine, and that testosterone's gonna work better on its own. Yep. And we all, Absolutely. We all, yeah. Uh, go, Dave. Uh, I was gonna bring something up. I mean, we all okay. We all didn't grow up, you know, at 15 years old taking PEDs, or at least not, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you know. How did you get, yes, you were getting bigger, but um, you didn't like put on 60 pounds of muscle between 15 and 20 years old, but somehow you still got stronger. How did that happen? It happened with your neurology. It happened with your, your willingness to drive into the, into the weights. It, it, it happened with your coordination, all of those types of things. And there are drugs out there that facilitate all those different aspects, aspects of training that are, have nothing to do with your testosterone value because as in essence ever since you hit puberty you know when you were 16 17 year, years old your your testosterone value has been the same until you started taking peds but somehow you were still getting the gains and all that type of stuff and that has a lot more to do with all this other stuff that we're talking about um that doesn't put pressure on the androgen receptor directly but it amplifies the effects of the androgen receptor globally and and sometimes at a energy level and sometimes at a at a nervous system level so all of those types of things if used correctly can add up to you know sometimes taking less than 800 milligrams of androgens but you're getting the benefit as if you were taking closer to two grams uh, compared yeah, to other yeah. people um especially when it comes to realizing the training effects and not being so trashed and, and literally just overall functioning internally better. Absolutely. Because uh, one of the biggest things, and I, I know I buy like everything that I put out, I bias towards like the actual training and like biomechanics movement, like that type of thing. But to that, that statement right there still holds true with something that I say in regards to individuals like training protocols, it's not about what you can do. It's about what you can recover from. So if you can, if you can put, use compounds or use supplements or use whatever that basically make your, your gear more effective. So it puts that like that introductory cycle where it's like 500 milligrams of testosterone, but it makes it feel and, and react like you're on two grams total or you get the individual that blows up and they're like what the fuck happened he had to have been taking this and this and this and this and it's like no he just responded really well because of this and this and this it just puts him in a position or puts him or her in a position to not not do the most but get the most out of what they're doing and yes, yeah and, and to that point i would i would really stress that something that people don't realize is those androgens that you're taking cause stress to the body. They are yes. causing stress. When you're talking about what you can recover from that, that is absolutely what, what we're getting at here is that if you can, everyone can go take two grams, but if it's causing you so much stress, you can't even recover from it. That's, that's, that's useless. Um, and so why not lower that and, and, and use all these things to make it better.
absolutely. That's it's the whole it's the same story of the individual who's like taking all this trend and they feel so goddamn strong all the time, but then they're like, oh shit, I can only sleep two hours a night. And this this is working for the first one or two weeks that I'm on trend, but oh God, now I'm getting under recovered. I need to blast more drugs because I fuck I'm getting into the meat and I need to be stronger. And then they're sleeping less. And then it's this fucking ongoing thing of, oh my God, I need to recover and more drugs, but not actually amplify the recovery that I need. And then you tear your patellar tendon off or something. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or your bicep tendon or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, so this, this is a, an unrelated question, but this kind of goes, follows along with, with what we're speaking about. But uh, shit, what's his name? Patrick McGuire, who's an incredibly large and strong motherfucker. Squats a th- damn near a thousand pounds. I don't know if he's hit that yet. Uh, bench 635 in a meet in flame crocs and deadlifted probably less than that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, he asked, is it more beneficial to get in one more meal or two hours more of sleep? I would say two more hours of sleep. That's not even a question to me. Yeah. Yeah, Two hours of sleep. 100%. Yes. I can't, I can't even think of a reason the other way. Yep. So that I just kind of wanted to touch on that. Sleep is your recovery. Food is great, but sleep is greater. Sleep is what makes it. It makes what you're doing do more. Yeah, unless you're like six percent body fat. Yeah, even further. Like so, yeah, it's your recovery, it's healing, that sort of stuff. But some people don't really go as far as like how does that affect your nervous system? So, like, let's put it this way: motor pattern, ingrainment, and all of that stuff happens when you sleep. So, getting better and more efficient at a lift literally requires sleep. So you might be strong as hell, but if you can't get in the right groove, all of a sudden that extra pop, that extra little bit that you're looking for at the meat isn't going to be there, especially if you're training appropriately, but you're sleeping shitty. Yep. Yep. So get your fucking sleep, kids. That's that's the takeaway <laughs> out of that one. Yeah. And if your freaking androgens are impacting your sleep, it's not worth it. Absolutely. Like a, a thousand percent um okay uh detailed explanation of what blood work to get and worrisome markers on slash off cycle this is a great one for david yeah i'm gonna pass that one on to him (laughs) uh yeah well as far as blood markers to get so you're gonna want your your basic uh cbc for sure uh cm and cmp so that's a uh complete blood metabolic uh panel and the, the complete blood panel. So one's metabolic, one's blood. What that's going to tell you is what's going on with your blood specifically, because those are really kind of like, you know, everybody looks at testosterone or your liver values and stuff like that. And I mean, that's okay, but those aren't things that are going to kill you today. Uh, Yeah. Your blood will kill you today. That's what you should be worried about. Right. Exactly. So, you know, if your hematocrit comes back like super freaking high, like closer to 60 or or more, you know, I've seen more, Um, but it's like, yeah, uh, we need to, like, you need to go and donate blood. They probably won't take it if it's that high. So that, that's how bad this is. So if your hematocrit's hanging out, you know, 58, 60 uh, on, on your blood test, it's so bad that if you go to donate blood, they're not even going to take your blood. So you have to figure out a way to drain it or get, you know, make friends with an EMT or a nurse or something and, and get that drained because that can kill you literally the next time you go in and train. 
uh, you might throw a clot and next thing you know, you, ha you have an aneurysm or, or a pulmonary uh, embolism or something like that. So hematocrit is a big one to watch out for, especially if you're running a lot of center column drugs. Uh, that, that's what I call um, testosterone and all of its direct derivatives. Um, and then you have the DHT column and you have the nandrolone column. Anything in the middle is going to amplify um, red blood cell proliferation, and that's going to directly impact hematocrit. Um, and so people that are running like a ton of Anadrol, like Anadrol was literally made to bring up your hematocrit. Like that was literally its medical purpose. So right. all you guys that have run Anadrol like crazy, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, that's why much, you turned yeah. purple. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yep. So why you turn purple or people that run, you know, a gram of testosterone or more and stuff like that, uh, it's going to do the same thing. So you got, if you're in those types of drugs, the crucial thing that you're going to look for is hematocrit. Um, that's something that can kill you today. The next thing that, uh, that I'd like to look at is your potassium values. And this has more to do with like auxiliary, uh, uh drugs that you might be using like maybe you're using a diuretic because you have so high of freaking blood pressure or or something along those lines and you want to keep an eye on your potassium level to make sure it doesn't get out of whack so that you don't have a heart arrhythmia <laughs> that sort of stuff so potassium is another crucial one to look at um and as far as like what you get on your first panel, so I just go to uh, Life Extension and order it myself, and I just get their their comprehensive weight loss panel. It's going to have pretty much everything in there that you want to keep track of uh, over the long haul, as far as like your regular blood work. There are other places in there that include a little bit more or a little bit less, like things to to want to know, um, but not necessarily things that are part of your health. So another one is going to be your C-reactive protein. You want to keep track of that, especially with heavy training. And that goes back to, are you using too much shit? Even though you might feel okay, your C-reactive protein will go up. And that's going to, uh, that directly tells you that you're having high amounts of stress because it's a, it's a inflammatory marker that's going up for some reason or another, um, whether that's training or drugs, um, that's where you got to, you know, find that out yourself. So those are the three things that I like to look at um, acutely. And then the things that I look at background, like from blood work to blood work to blood work is going to be the things that most people know about, um, you know, your liver enzymes, your cholesterol, your fasted insulin level, especially with bigger guys that are eating a shit ton of food um, or, or even people that aren't necessarily big, but they're just eating that much damn food because they're not meant to be as big as they are. Um, uh, uh, fasted insulin is a good one to, the track for health purposes long-term. Yeah, that's really good. And that answers another question that somebody asked was, do I have to go to my doctor? I think or something like that to get my blood work. No, you don't. Um, there are a few websites like Life Extension is one where you can order your blood work. It gets sent to a lab. They go, they go pull your blood. It gets sent to you. doesn't get sent to your doctor. They're relatively cheap. It's like two to $300 for a really pretty comprehensive panel. Um, and then you can have somebody like David look over it, um, if you don't know how to read it. And David's really good at it. He's done it a lot. Um, he'll, he'll take, I, I take consult calls for that. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's kind of what I was going to lead into saying, like anybody who's listening this far, like just DM Jake, David, or I, and like, we'll like, I use, these guys use life extension. I use private med labs. It's a little bit cheaper. It gets all this 
same shit. As long as you can, as long as you pick those biomarkers and basically just get the stuff that you need to see, then you can easily set up a consult call with David and just go over it. I, I basically, anytime I get blood work, I send it to Jake and I send it to David because they, they know what to, they like, I know the basics. I know like, Hey, that's out of whack. That's out of whack. But I know that you guys know that if like, Hey, this is out of whack or this is, this is this level but I wouldn't think to look at it like something to do with potassium or electrolytes or something. That's like, if that's out, then that means this might be this because of this. Let's add this in or take this out or something. So yeah. that's, that's, that's why you have, that's why you have resources, everybody. That's yeah. why you just fucking ask questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, I, I don't know how many times here just recently I've, uh, I, uh, diagnose is a big word because I'm not a doctor, but I have advised people on like, oh, look at your insulin fasted value, look at your glucose and look at your A1C. They're all within range. None of them are showing, they all say normal on the sheet, but I'm like, hey, this is the sign of pre-diabetic before you're even pre-diabetic. Check these markers out. This is what's happening. This level is here and this level is here. If they move just a little bit more, now you're going to be pre-diabetic. So then we start implementing protocols to counter that before it even showed up out of range on their blood work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't wait to actually have a problem. Like get on top yeah. of it before it gets there. Because once you actually get like pre-diabetic or diabetic, it sucks. It's, it's tough. Absolutely. Um, so uh, another thing that I wanted to touch on because I have Briani here uh, who has her own podcast called Big Clit Energy. And as funny as the title is, I'm assuming a lot of ladies would like to avoid that outcome using performance. Enhancing <laughs> drugs. Um, but just in, and I've got, I got a couple of them because she sent a couple of her people to ask questions. One of the most common was why do women always choose Anavar as their first steroids as their first steroid? Why, what, what, what is it about Anavar? Okay. I think if, if you're okay with me answering that, I would, I would take it. It's actually different in every country. Um, for, for the United States, Anavar is what became very popular. And so the people that are asking that are obviously from the United States. If you go to the UK, it's usually T-ball. I could, or maybe that's Australia. It's just different everywhere you go. Um, but Anavar was one of the first that they found to have a low virilizing effect compared to t- testosterone as well. Um, like there are better options, but it's mostly because it became popular in the United States first. That's really exactly right. That. Yeah, that's it's exactly that. So it became popular, and then you know, just like it is anywhere else, somebody told somebody, somebody told somebody, and now everybody just that's what we do. Yeah, and and I want because you got you guys are very you guys are very scientific and by the book. This is why this dynamic is fantastic because it's like oh it got it got popular blah 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 blah. And yes, that is true. I know that's true. But what's the one thing about goddamn Anavar? as compared to a couple of other things that might be better options for power lifters or for bodybuilders or whatever compared to others. It's a fucking oral. You can pop the pill. I can put this shit in my mouth and feel a little bit like a little bit more okay with what I am. And I'm like, ah, I'm not like, this isn't cheating or like some weird moral <laughs> swaying towards one way or the other, because like, oh, yeah, I, once I, there's I, a I'm strange. disappointing. Yeah, I'm disappointing <laughs> my grandma who always called me a hard worker, but now I'm taking fucking steroids. Uh, it's, it's easier to justify and be okay with popping a pill than it is putting something, a fucking needle in your ass. 
yeah that it goes into like the justification thing but i i find that most women are completely okay with that if they are like on board with it the the question is when 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 uh the, the actual injection like they're like oh um i've never injected anything before you know just like all of us you know like when we very first started it's like oh this is gonna hurt you know or whatever <laughs> <You're shaking laughs> <my belief. laughs> yeah 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 you know what i mean but women uh are more along the lines of like oh i'm small so it's gonna hurt even more and i'm gonna have to do this frequently so it's gonna hurt like all the time she's like, that, that whole mental block stops a lot of women just right then and there even though there might there are better options that are injectable both better for anabars is pretty soft on the liver but uh, there's reasons why um, the the way I choose anabolics or it, it specifically anabolics for women is one of two things. How long do they need to be on to realize the, the their goal, whatever they're going after? And how quickly of an onset do they need for it? So if it's longer, lower and slower, and their goal is nice and big, it benefits you to just be on longer. Uh, but you can't do that with a moral. I mean, you shouldn't do that. I always got to refrain because there's people that just do some crazy shit. <laughs> so anyway, you shouldn't do that with an oral and you shouldn't do that with something that's not your own base hormone, because just like men, yes. women have their own testosterone. Testosterone turns into lots of different things that you need for your body to, to function correctly. When you start taking any androgen, It'll shut down your own testosterone production, just like it does with a man, uh, or at least diminish it significantly. And almost anything that's non-virilizing or non, uh, non-center non column drug, uh, like Anavar, does not turn into all of those other constituents that testosterone turns into. So now, if your time frame is for three months, I don't actually have any testosterone in my body, and I'm just depending on this Anavar. My body is not going to be making enough DHT. It's not going to be making enough estrogen because women still have aromatized enzymes that turn testosterone into estrogen. So you're putting a, uh, you're suffering from those other downstream hormones because the Anavar is not turning into those things. Yep. No, that's, that's well said. So like all those girls that, you know, have run the year long Anabar um, cycle that, you know, if you look at your blood work and your estrogens crap, <laughs> there, there's a reason for that, right? Like that, that is exactly why um, you, you do yeah. still need a little bit of, of actual testosterone and you will like, yeah, ruin a lot of things. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this is an advice for anybody. So I, so like people on the high end, like women on the high, higher end or people that have already essentially done some kind of a damage that way. I do support the idea of women using testosterone as a direct testosterone replacement. And they only use their anabolic like Anavar, if that's what they chose to do. Uh, I personally would choose something more specific, um, uh, if they were a power lifter, for example, I would choose something like BHB. You know, if you're going to run an, an, uh, an anabolic, you might as well run an anabolic that's going to produce a lot of strength gains because the risk factors are mainly the same. The way you control for risk is how much time you're on. If you limit the time that you're on, you run into less risk. So as far as like voice changes, hair, uh, clit growth, that sort of stuff. 
um, especially because you're already one upping yourself by bringing your test as a woman, bringing your testosterone to the upper level of most women. It's like they won the genetic lottery. So now all of a sudden they, the women that are using a little bit of testosterone replacement and putting it at the top of the range, they're going to perform and recover already better. Like if they are enhanced even, but they're not going to run into the same issues as uh, a virilization and stuff because their body is seeing that it's a natural hormone and seeing that it's still in the natural range. And the biggest thing, yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to touch on the biggest thing with that is because even if it is a replacement dose, because it is the same hormone that is, is produced in the body, the biggest thing to focus on is it converts into everything else that that normal hormone converts into. So rather than running like a, 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 an extended cycle where there is no conversion. And then you have women who literally have no estrogen and still on the upper, upper end of testosterone for women, but on the lower end of men, I had an individual that I spoke to the other day. And I basically said that you turned yourself into a, a pubescent little boy. Like it's basically like you're on the, like the lower end, the lower end of man, but you have no estrogen and you're on the higher end of women, woman. And it's like, no wonder you have all this acne. No wonder your voice has changed slightly. No wonder you're experiencing all these negative things that everybody told you wouldn't experience because it's just Anavar. Right. But this, what people don't think about the cascade of effects that happens because it's, it's, we're taking hormones from outside the body and putting them in. And unless we do it in accordance with our body, our body is like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. yeah. And it starts I, to change. One last- it starts to change. Absolutely. Yeah. And one, one last thing just to throw in there, especially during this time right now, and I've kind of talked to, to David about this just the other day, is Anavar right now is by far the most fake steroid yeah. out there. And it's not even close. And a lot of that has to do with a, a supply chain shortage where it is very difficult to make, uh, they, they make Anavar from either testosterone or from DHT. And that process is very difficult without some chemicals that are in short supply. So Anavar was already faked like crazy before this whole pandemic happened. It is crazy faked right now. So be very, very careful about where you are getting that because most likely it is not legit. Yeah. If, if you are taking Anavar right now or you buy any new Anavar within the last like three to six months, it make sure that it's Anavar because there's a higher likelihood than ever that it isn't. There, yeah, and there are absolutely. places you can send to test that, aren't there, David? Yes. I think Rodericks talks about that yeah. too. And yeah, that, yeah, there is a place. Uh, there, there is a few places you can send a test uh, for that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the lab. If I think of it, I'll, I'll send it. But it's, it's in the UK, and you just send your stuff off, and they'll test it. Now, there's easier ways to test that. Like if you send it to this lab, not only are they going to tell you what it is, they're also going to tell you the dosage. So if it was correctly dosed and all that, but there's a simpler way you can just buy a kit called Roy test off of like uh, Dave Palumbo's site or something like that. Um, and that actually you just crush up your pill or inject a little bit of a thing that will just tell you that it is Anavar or is not Anavar, but it's not going to tell you the dosage or how pure it is or any of that. Um so at least do that though at least do that yeah yeah, bare minimum bare minimum yeah yeah Yeah. guys accidentally don't take anavar they'll live but (laughs) yeah Yeah. but if if girl i know i know a female that uh thought she was taking anavar but it turned out to be d-ball and it was a bad bad time 
Yeah. yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that brings me to my, you know, the first point where I said, you know, if you're going to, if you have lofty goals or if you're just know that your time frame is long and you're going to be on for a long time, uh, testosterone is almost very rarely faked. And if it is fake, you're just getting bunk shit. Like they're not going to give you a different steroid. <laughs> it's the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, it's the absolute cheapest, which which then goes back. You don't even need to test it because you can take it for three weeks or four weeks and then you go get your blood work done. And there it yes. is. Hey, I'm I'm at the, I'm at the level that I wanted to be at or I'm a little bit higher. I need to cut back on my doses a little bit. And, and you can modulate that. You can even you you don't have to depend on somebody else telling you how much to take because you can literally get your blood work done and be like, Oh, I'm right. Perfect. Where I need to be. My dosage is excellent. So that's the dosage that I stick to. And it'll be individual, uh, uh, tailored to that individual. I know women that literally one milligram a week of (laughs) testosterone puts them at the upper range of a woman. I know other women that is like seven milligrams a week and that puts them, that's a huge difference, but we can verify it through blood work. That's what, that's the beauty of what I like about testosterone for women to get them that little bit of an edge just all year round. And then when it comes time to, you know, put the hammer down six weeks out from a meet, then it's like, okay, what do we need? Or, or, you know, not even just a meet. Like I deal with women that are, that are physique athletes uh, and, and even strongman women and, and powerlifters. So it, it really depends on what they're lacking at that point, as far as how I construct what they want to use for six weeks. Right. And so for, for girls that are, are considering using testosterone as a replacement, start on, on an extremely low end because like David and I have personally seen um, a, a female take like two, I think it was two milligrams a week and, and just went crazy. It, I think it was like a 200 level testosterone from yeah, that, that, that was it's three, almost three, unbelievable. Yeah, oh yeah. Three, three, you're right. Three, three and milligrams we a week. Another girl run 20 a week, which made no sense how she didn't realize that she got nothing. So yeah. like start very low, go get your blood work done. Make sure you're in that range, whatever that range is going to be a little different for everybody, but, yeah. but start very, very low because, and don't use a cream also, by the way, don't use a cream. Yeah. Yes. The cream sucks yeah. it will yeah. Cream, creamer pills are, are no go yeah yeah just just get the injectable that way when you measure it the measurement you you took is the measurement that goes inside your body yes the the cream will actually convert more of the testosterone into dht so that it interacts with an enzyme that converts it to dht more and you will get more virilizing effect from a cream than you will from the injection so get over your fear of the injection if you want to go the replacement therapy route go the injection yeah. Well, and, and that's, a, that's for a reason as far as the cream goes, because most creams were made for men uh, and DHT for a man is, per, that's what makes you feel like a man. You, you see what I mean? So that they made, or that conversion happens for a reason with a cream. Um, but for a woman, that's bad news. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not, that's not saying that every woman who is using PEDs or considering PEDs should immediately go into testosterone replacement therapy because oh, yeah, no. there's a lot there's a lot of better alternatives it's just this it's kind of it's it's it, it gets to be like a lot of women have that fear of injection a lot of women have like the fear to take that step but like it it's it's just kind of focusing on the point that like that isn't 
the it's it's not it's not the end all be all like you can do that in a very very responsible manner if you do it in accordance with your blood work while doing consultation calls while doing it under the supervision of someone who can actually make some calls to avoid those downstream like virilizing effects that most individuals want to avoid and like what 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 would you guys say uh, in your opinion would be like like let's say they're not going the trt route Mm -hmm. let's say they're not they like they they're Old coach told a man of our was the only way to go, but they were like, I don't know. I want to figure something out. Like what, what's a better option than, than Anavar if, if for, for, for a power lifter. We're yeah. both probably going to say the same thing. I would start with NPP Nandrolone um, yeah. as far as yeah. like the safest. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah like, I, the, I, the I would, female... I, it would be a, it would be a toss up for me, depending on whether they're already a very like, um, very stocky woman uh, for their weight class versus a very stringy woman for their weight class. So the stocky woman, I would go with something with a D, like a DHB. I, I would go with a DHB uh, just purely for the, they don't need extra mass. They don't need extra volume or cross-sectional area because they already have short limbs. And what they need is more neurological drive. Uh, where a woman that's a little bit more stringy, I would go with something like MVP because what's going to give them more uh, umph is going to be more cross-sectional area to fill out that stringy frame. So I would go with some, yeah, just go with something like MPP. Um, and, right. and, and both of these, again, if you're not on testosterone replacement or uh, you're, you're doing it for an event, you time this out to keep the time frame as short as possible, I would not go to, uh, oh, I'm, I'm starting my prep now. I'm 12 weeks out. Let's start taking this. No, 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 no. (laughs) Time it out. You want your peak dosage to be coming in right at the meet and you want to scale back for maybe five weeks. If you are, this is your first time doing it. I would err closer to four weeks. If you're pretty experienced and you've done, and you've done some anabolics leading into meets and you know that you respond, uh, you don't, you don't start to get like deepening of the voice or like hair loss or anything until like the six week mark, then you'd start to stretch that out to six to five weeks or six weeks, and then immediately cut it off once you come in there. So some women, some women will get away with a longer cycle of six weeks before they start to experience any side effects. And some women start to experience that right at week three. So then they know, Hey, four weeks, or three weeks is my maximum amount of time allowed on. And for people, for women like that, that's almost beneficial because then they're 12 weeks out and we go, Hey, this, this, this three week block is going to be hard as hell right here at the beginning of your mesocycle. So let's put it there. You got three weeks there. Now, uh, three weeks in the middle is going to be another really hard training block. Let's put three weeks there. And now, Hey, three weeks right at the tail end, right next to your meat. Boom, three weeks there. So now you piled together shit that makes sense for your particular uh, individual response to drugs. Now, somebody who runs to who can take it for six weeks, I would say, ah, you probably don't need a front load a cycle of a of a twelve week training block with your anabolics. Let's just use it all on the second half where it's all going to matter because you respond in a way that lets you take them for a little bit longer. Yeah, basically, like to sum up what, what he's saying is no, like have a purpose for what you're doing. Like if you're training this way, like you, you pick a drug, like you don't just take a hammer to screw in a screw, right? You don't just freaking nail that screw 
until it just goes in. Like you have a tool, there's all these tools to use and, and you don't just always have to use a hammer. Like know why you're using a tool. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, yep. and, and, and so that would be my anabolics side for a woman. And here would be my default for any woman. Like, let's just say they, they're not taking any PEDs, but they want to dip their toe, okay? I would start with growth hormone for a woman. Absolutely. I would, and I would throw yeah. in like met, metformin yep. with that as yep. well. Yep, metformin, growth hormone. And then if they have a coach or somebody knowledgeable, I would throw an insulin in there. Those, those three things, they can run them year round appropriately without any side effect for sure on the masculinizing side. And then if they know how they're to couple it with training and couple it with their eating, they can lose fat, gain uh, muscle all at the same time while just training hard and eating intelligently while taking these drugs without running any risk of any virilization. And most girls yeah, are going to get a ton out of that before you don't uh, even need to start an androgen. Because what, what does insulin push really, really hard? It's that motor learning aspect. And where can women really fucking rock the fuck out? That goddamn yeah. aspect as they maximize yeah. it. But before we fucking talk about that, I wanted, I wanted to just say, do you guys realize like how flipped on a head the, in, like the majority of like, what is the powerlifting social sphere is going to be after as, as soon as someone starts talking about this, because the, the, the common recommendation is always Anavar. And if we were, if the, the insulin will kill you, don't you guys know that? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, I know. God. will kick your door down, rape your wife and shoot you in the head. You know, it's yeah, you'll have a stroke straight, right on the spot. It's this, it's this crazy fucking thing. And it's like, if it's so goddamn dangerous, why can, why can someone go to Walmart and just fucking buy it? If it's so goddamn dangerous, why do so many individuals get it prescribed to them by a doctor? Like it is a very useful tool when it is done responsibly, just like any other medication, any other supplement on the face of the fucking planet. I don't, I've never understood the demonization of it, especially because my mom, well, this is actually kind of pertinent. It was my mom's second birthday yesterday. She got a kidney and pancreas transplant. She was a type one diabetic. So I grew up around it. I, I, I've, 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 my mom has always used it. It's never been like a foreign word to me. So then when I, when I go into powerlifting and bodybuilding and whatever, and I hear somebody be like, oh, I'll never touch insulin. I'll never <laughs> touch that. I won't touch that. You know, it's like, it's like you go to the party and you smoke a little weed and then somebody busts out fucking Coke and it's like, Oh no, never that. I can't go uh, not that far. Just slow. Uh, Except you know, this time it's like the opposite where people are like, yeah. I'll run 500 milligrams of trend, but five units. Of yeah, it's like, I'm never going to smoke weed. But I'll fucking rail lines all night. Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 some of my first PDs were diabetic drugs. Uh, metformin and, yeah. and insulin was some Best of my way to start. Yeah, it was my introduction to, to PEDs, and and it, and it works be. because I, I've al I've always been like you. I'm not. I'm very transparent with my use. I started off very very stupid. I did I did the whole more is better, just stay on for forever and fuck myself for a while. But now after getting to talk with smarter individuals, learning from my mistakes, getting the blood work back where you look at it and you're like, ugh. Oh shit. And it's like, oh, we got to do something here. And I'm, a I'm actually like utilizing the stuff that we're talking about. I'm like right now, currently very moderate dose of testosterone, like what you would call a cruise dose paired with metformin, insulin, growth hormone, and supplementation with uh, L-carnitine and choline injected morning and evening. And I feel fucking great. 
I feel like I feel like I'm walking around the gym and I'm training as hard as I am. I feel like that classical, like I'm on two grams of fucking gear cycle guy that feels like a God in the gym. I feel absolutely fantastic. And it's the littlest I've taken in God knows how long. Yeah. It, it makes a huge difference when you know how to put things together because it starts becoming this, this two plus one equals three type of scenario mm -hmm. where you're augmenting, not just your androgen, but your mental state, you're augmenting your energy uh, production state. So now all of a sudden you can put out more in the training session. You can recover from more in the training session and you're feeling fantastic mentally. Uh, it's it just, you know, starts to really add up, even though you're not taking as much, uh, you know, an androgens as you would have before. It really is one of those things. And, and women, like, I'll tell you this, women will catch onto this and they will blow men apart because they know how to think a little bit better and, <laughs> and, 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 and be a little bit more cautious with like, Hey, we need to like do this smarter by default, because if they don't, they run into issues. <laughs> and, and you just fucking wait, motherfucker. Because Jake, why am I freaking out about this? I have no idea. I don't know what you think you're right You goddamn mother play into my fucking drama, goddamn you. Who did who are we fucking collaborating together with on coaching, oh, yeah, dumbass? Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know I know where this is going. This, who is sitting next to me? Going... This fucking idiot. <laughs> Just watch, motherfuckers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah we yeah. you we are gonna see some crazy stuff happen over the next year we will see some crazy stuff um with the girl that's sitting next to you right there and with hunter mm -hmm. it is going to be crazy i was gonna be the girl that's sitting next to me and then the girl that needs to get the fuck out of kansas goddamn city <laughs> it should be sitting there next to you yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna be wild it's going to be very wild to see because there there are so many things that seem to be unknown um that we're going to be taking advantage of it. It's going to be really cool. Yep, absolutely. So that, that I really wanted to touch on that because like, I know there are a lot of women out there uh, that have been honestly, like it's, it's been cool to see Bree speak so freely about it and get the conversation going with like the, the common individual in powerlifting these days. But the big thing with that is people are asking questions and they really have no idea what to even ask. So I, I appreciate the conversation. I that's that's one thing that I thought would be really really cool to touch. Yeah, about. and just to just to sum up, I guess for for all females that are <gasps> guys that are coaching females. Sorry about the dogs. Um, start with some like if you've never done your PEDs before, metformin, growth, and insulin. Those should be the three things that you start with. And if you can get some injectable carnitine, that should be your next thing. You should be utilizing those before you start androgens at all absolutely yep. you'll be yep. you'll be miles ahead of everybody else both in uh enhancement of your actual training and preservation of your um body <laughs> absolutely femininity however you yeah. define femininity exactly yeah yeah so mm, what else um about it uh do to do uh how about let's talk about peptides i have a couple of people asking me about peptides whether it's uh bpc 157 tb 500 uh like the mk677 and the variety of things that aren't actually peptides but you can get on peptide sites okay basically somebody's like what what peptides do you use and think anyone on ped should use 
uh, how effective are BPC and TB for injury healing, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so technically insulin and growth are peptides. So I'd say both. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get those anywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, except for growth hormone, but insulin, you can literally go to Walmart, get it. <laughs> um, but no, um, as far as the peptides you're talking about, I would say they're beneficial, but they are totally, totally. So like, here's another thing that is kind of proliferated is I'm going to use TB500 and BPC157 prophylactically for the next two and a half years or however long I'm competing. That is a no-no because you got to understand what the hell they're doing. What they're doing is they're proliferating blood vessels and they're proliferating my, um, uh, uh, cells to turn into whatever. Like they Essentially, this is what, what I'm getting at. They're not just going to fix your broken elbow or your messed up knee. They're going to fix any damage that happens anywhere. So if you're already uh, a very lazy piece of crap uh, and you have heart issues or you have heart stress, that's uh, injury to your body, they are going to enhance getting a larger heart. So they're going to make it easier for you to get a larger uh, left ventricle if you then if you weren't taking them uh, i'm not saying yes. don't take them i'm saying don't take them by default because you can't control how much stress or not stress uh is on your heart or other things like that like your lungs or other things like that so they're indiscriminate helpers of healing when you have an actual injury uh i guess you know do what you got to do to heal it that will they help absolutely do not go, oh shit, this is a miracle. I'm just going to stay on it forever. Now, uh, do I uh, implement prophylactic use of them? Absolutely. So the way I do that is in the off season, you're done. You're in rebuilding phase. You're doing a lot more cardio and you're relaxing and you're not beating up your body. That's a time to heal your body. You're going to do it for maybe five, six weeks or something like that. So at that point in time, if you're not, if you didn't incur an injury in your training, that's perfect. That's good on you. Now, prophylactically, let's heal your tendons, tendons and ligaments because you're not loading them heavy anymore. And, and you're essentially doing a lot of cardiovascular work and getting a lot of blood flow, blood flow through your body. So increase your insulin use either diuretically. So you're going to eat a lot of carbohydrates or exogenously start taking some insulin. And that's where you want to insert TB500, BPC157, because they work better when there's a lot of insulin around to bind up more growth hormone. And if you're taking growth hormone, it's only going to make them work better. And you're not damaging your body by your training at that point in time. So I prophylactically use them maybe once or twice a year on six week blocks, coupled strategically where you should actually be healing before you start your next big loading phase. Yeah, I know people that actually have heart issues from over from literally running BPC and TB uh, on a year long basis. Um, and also, if, if you keep using that, you can actually make your your injury a little bit more brittle, and you can be more susceptible yeah. to injury too. So, running that just every time you get a little tweak, don't do it. Especially like if you're going to keep loading it heavy. Um, you're just going to cause more issues in, in the long run. So is it helpful? I mean, it, they're crazy helpful. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. And that's not their fault. Like that is like the effect of the drug, but now like, just don't be an idiot and run it all the time and, and say it's a miracle worker because you will 
have you'll, you'll have other issues yep cool um so so that's bpc tb not using those regularly how do you guys feel like i know uh we touched on uh l-carnitine injections uh did you guys want to i know it's not a peptide but i'm assuming that the p individual are maybe putting that in the same category because it's injectable so oh you yeah want to touch on, like why that why that does what it does and why more people should probably be taking it than they do so i'll let david talk a, a lot about carnitine because he is the like goat of carnitine <laughs> stuff uh but as far as other peptides uh most other peptides i just say run growth hormone because they're just trying to replicate what growth hormone does so run that's growth. pretty much the best that's pretty much the best answer two two iu two iu a day whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. like the, the only other peptide that i would say can be beneficial for the individual is the mk uh 677 but not because of what it does with growth hormone i think it's a shit uh, replacement for a growth hormone, yeah. but because of what it does with hunger, some people get yeah. a ridiculous hunger drive with it. And if you're that person that needs more hunger, that's an easy way to get that done. Other than that, any other pe peptide uh, is trying to give you growth hormone-like effects. Just go ahead and use growth hormone. Yeah, like the super scrawny 220 guy that shows up looking like a raisin. That, yeah, that guy might need to eat more. He might have a use for MK677. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about, but yeah. Um, yeah, and so as far as like L-carnitine goes, so the reason like, so the way I picked it up, like I'm, I'm sure some of your followers and stuff have followed Alex Kiko or know who he is. He was the original person that like, this was like five years ago where he actually put out like a huge, gigantic, uh, uh, like podcast specifically on it. It's like an hour and a half long. And then he ended up making a book out of it and people can go purchase that if they want it. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. And, and anyway, that goes into all the really scientific shit, uh, like all the detail and stuff like that. And the gist of it is this, this is what it does. It makes your androgens work better because it makes your binding constant and your binding affinity work in better relationship to each other with your androgen. So what that means is when you take uh, uh, some D-ball or some anadrol or whatever, it binds to the androgen receptor and then it unbinds and it doesn't go away. What it does is it tumbles down, the down, down your bloodstream and binds to another androgen receptor. And then once it sends its message, it's supposed to unbind and keep doing that until finally your body metabolizes it and you excrete it as it's metabolites. The time, the time that it spends attached to that androgen, the longer it spends there, the less time that androgen has to get stimulated again. So you want it to just go in just like, just like a, a ship. It docks, it sends its signal, and undocks. That is a very effective androgen. And you want it to be very magnetic to all androgens. So in other words, uh, it's coming close to an androgen. And the moment it gets this close, boom, it gets sucked right in. Or that's even binding more, affinity. Yeah. Yep. The moment it gets this close, it gets sucked right in. So that's binding affinity. Carnitine increases binding affinity. So now when your androgen is this close to uh, this close to the androgen receptor, it gets sucked in and it decreases binding constant time. So the moment it sticks, the moment it comes off, and now it can go do that more and more times. So L-carnitine increases your androgen's ability by modifying those two things. 
L-carnitine also has a direct impact on being able to shuttle fatty acids into the mitochondria because there's this thing called the L-carnitine shuttle, which everybody has. This is whether you're injecting it or not, you all have it. Uh, and it, its job is to bring fatty acids from outside the cell to inside the cell to be burned up and used for fuel. When you have large stores of L-carnitine, that think of it like a, a train. Say you have one railroad card that gets full of fatty acids and brings it in. Well, now you have a train with thousands of carts. Now you can load up a lot of fatty acids and bring them all in to get burned up and used for fuel. That means that you will get leaner, easier. It also means that because you can utilize fats for fuel easier, you don't tend to get as hungry. Now you can stick to your dieting plan better. Now you can do things better. Or now you can train for three hours without having to feel like you're fucking hungry or zapped of energy because you're using your own body fat for the training stimulus while you're not consuming food. That even goes a step further. When you sleep, you don't consume food. But if you have a large carnitine store, you can easily shuttle more fatty acids while you're sleeping to increase your ability to recover. Um, Especially with the little growth hormone right before you go. Exactly. To bed. Yes. Yes. So L-carnitine. Like, the, the different the different things make the different things work better. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, something yeah. to it. Yeah. 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 So that's the gist on L-carnitine. So essentially. It modifies all the things that we want modified um, just a little bit. You know, we're talking a percents or two, but those that shit adds up, especially because you can run L-carnitine all damn year long and you're not going to suffer, you know, side effects from it. Um, things like that. Uh, the other. So it's going to increase your work capacity, your ability to train longer, your ability to use fats for recovery. And it's going Helps to make you recover animal. better. Yep. And it's, and it's going to uh, modify how your androgens work. So those are all things that we want now. So I, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just going to mention if, if you go listen to Al Kegel's hour and a half long, I think it really is like an hour and a half long, just about carnitine. He actually talks about how, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, because I know you've listened to it probably 12 times or something crazy, but um, he, he talks about how you might, it, it can be so effective that you might even be able to, have half the androgen that you normally do and yeah. it be just as effective as like, so if you're running 600, it, it might be just effective as 300. Can we prove that? No, but that is something that, that, that could literally, it can literally be that effective. Yeah. For some people, for some people, it definitely can, especially if the, so the, just so people know, the only place you get carnitine is diuretically. So if you're a female, females respond extremely well to L-carnitine because they already under eat protein for the most part. It's very hard for them to eat. You know, they're, they're, for one, they're not, their bodies aren't, you know, they're not consuming 200 grams of protein every day. Some women can get close to that, but regularly most women aren't. So they're already on the under fueled side when it comes to carnitine. And sometimes uh, carnitine is most present in red meats. Sometimes people don't like yeah. red meat. So they're eating more chicken and more fish and shit like that. I think it's just so, more, yeah. it's yeah. more expensive too to get red meat. So yeah, I yeah. get that. But anyway, so what I'm saying is depending on the individual, that L-carnitine can definitely make that difference of now you respond that much better because you were under responding to begin with. Right. Like you are turning yourself from a low responder to a higher responder to androgens, um, which is really freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and then that's the thing, like when you're when you're an individual who is a high responder or a fast responder or whatever to androgens, and then you pair them with all of this extra stuff, it makes the process even 
more efficient, more faster, more rapid, whatever, and you get better results, better top end potential. And then we enter into areas where like we have no idea what the top end is because yeah. people haven't explored, haven't explored this. I, I genuinely believe like 99% of the powerlifting community is only very recently being turned on to this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like as far as how to use it and put it appropriately with the other things that they're yes, doing. Yes. Yeah. Cause if you just throw this in whenever it's not gonna like, it's still going to be maybe a little helpful, but the, the way you time it out really makes it yeah. do what yeah. it and does. Dude, I, I'll, 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 I'll go on record and say like the, the, um, the, the carnitine and choline that I added in at the end of the showdown prep, that, that was an absolute game changer. <laughs> like I, it, it took me, took my recovery from being like, okay. When you're squatting like 700 plus pounds for like eight weeks in a row being like, okay. To being like, I was waking up the next day and being like, I feel great. Like at this point last year, I would, I would, I would have my squat day on Sunday and then Monday I would take off because I didn't leave the couch. Cause it, yeah. it just, whether it destroyed my body or just destroyed like my nervous system in terms of, I felt so fried. I just couldn't do it. Now, now this past prep, I would have my squat workout and then it would be like, Bree, you want to go do something? You want to like, go, like, go, go, like just just don't go do shit i actually had energy to like go live my life and and the, and the mental capacity to do so in a yes day. yes yes yeah, yeah. and the, the choline plays a huge 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 part on that that's uh, yeah just, like that that whole combination there uh carnitine and choline is outstanding and i hope to uh deliver it soon much more pub publicly for right now, it's more of like an inner circle type of thing. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, <laughs> do you want to talk about our little Dragon Ball Z booster or not? That's but, why. Uh, that's, that's why I've. That. That's why I've been dancing around it, and I haven't named it. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, we we can name it, and people will like. Let's put it this way: it's on the cusp. Uh, in fact, all I need to do now is get a hold of uh, the person that uh, uh, you were just talking to when we first got on, so that we yeah. can get a website up. Basically, the, the, if you don't know, that sucks for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah. so the, the the labels are done officially, and they look yeah. freaking fantastic. And so now it's just a matter of designing a website to get a payment portal done, and and then we'll be delivering it. So yeah, it's so, going to be fantastic. So all in all, basically everyone who has made it this far, there's going to be a product link at the end of these relatively soon for stuff that you can add into your training year round that's going to make you able to recover faster use your drugs better fucking just be better stronger bigger whatever yeah 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 and and the and the choline but let's just talk a little bit about choline just just to yes. get people the, yeah. The, yeah. the grasp of what it's going to be and, and that so so touch on choline and then we'll probably bring it circle because i think we're over an hour at this point yeah, yeah. that sounds great yeah yeah that, yeah we're right there so the choline aspect is um, the acetylcholine cycle. So that's a neurotransmitter uh, and that facilitates all other neurotransmitters just so everybody knows how important acetylcholine is. Um, and acetylcholine comes directly from cholinergic uh, things. Now you don't have to inject choline. I will tell people that you can take choline bitrate or, or alpha GPC and you're gonna get very similar effects because it is very bioavailable. The reason why I included it in the injectable with the carnitine is because of timing purposes. 
we inject it pre-workout or at night and we want it in there flowing with the L-carnitine at the same rate, the L-carnit at the same time the L-carnitine is hitting you. We want the choline hitting you. When you take it orally, there is a big uh, disparity, like an hour or two difference between when it actually starts hitting the bloodstream and stuff like that. So that's the reason why. But what it does is it amplifies your ability to recycle acetylcholine, which is going to directly affect uh, uh, thought process, like, like literally just how quickly you can process information, how quickly, uh, so it'll amplify proprioception, it'll amplify coordination, and it'll amplify your ability to think uh, more clearly and actually contract muscles. So it's, it's a big player on the brain, the nervous system, and how it ties to the uh, neuromuscular junction at the muscular level. So you're amplifying the, the amount of electricity you can put down for power and it's not burning you out. Everybody's had training set. Well, not everybody, but if you've lifted remotely heavy and you've really tried to push yourself mentally, you can go there, but you can only go there very infrequently because you get burned out so easily from depleting your choline stores. And, and essentially what's happening is your body's just waiting for you to eat enough food to accumulate enough choline to do the recycling process to recycle and make more acetylcholine. When you can inject it, now it's a game changer because you essentially inject it before you work out and you're never gonna run a deficit or you inject it before you work out and right before you go to sleep, when you wake up the next morning, you didn't run a deficit. You're good to go. So now you feel mentally fresh and your nervous system feels mentally fresh and ready to go and move around and do other shit that you need to do. Yeah. Like if you've ever had one of those super crazy heavy training days and you just feel like trash and you can't think and you, it's like your brain is completely fried. Um, like, and I know Joe will attest to this too. You take this and it, you like wake up and you're like, Oh, I'm good to go. Like you just feel significantly better it's pretty crazy. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was such a, speaking of like your body is waiting for enough food to have enough choline to like go there again, or acetylcholine to go there again. Uh, this was incredibly valuable uh, later, like, because I didn't cut going into the showdown. I just kind of like had to start monitoring myself a little bit harder just later, later in the training cycle. And then during the, like the depletion and the water cut, this, I swear, this saved my life because just as an example, like it was me, Briani, uh, Chad Penson, and Bria, Bria, Bria Penson, his, his wife, we were all staying together the week leading up to the meet. Everybody else, everybody followed the same pretty much like principal water cup protocol. It's all the same basic stuff that we always do, but they pulled carbs. I pulled carbs. I would wake up and I'm like... I'm great. Let's go do shit. Like, what do you guys want to do? Like we're in Vegas. Like you want to go check this thing out? I know we can't eat, but like, let's go do stuff. And they'd all look at me like they wanted to cut my fucking head off because they were all <laughs> suffering. And I just kept, I talked to you a little bit about this, Jake, but like, I, I just kept, and I think I mentioned it to you too, David, but like it was everybody else had just this incredible level of brain fog. And even though we were all in the same stuff, I kept waking up and being like, I'm good. And only not until like the, the, the Wednesday when I like switched to distilled water and like was just flushing everything out. I only then was I like, Oh, it's kind of hit me like, ah, fuck. You know, but up until that point, I was like, I feel great. I feel absolutely fantastic. And I, I a lot of that to, to the KOK. 
absolutely absolutely it's it is a game changer when it comes to like calorie restrictions and stuff like that i i feel like yeah we're talking about it in powerlifting but i'm i'm on the cusp of you know because i work with uh, all kinds of athletes i'm on the cusp right. of bringing this to other athletics where this is much more the norm like wrestling uh mma that sort of stuff where people are like super regimented about their eating and needing all kinds of mental enhancement along with you know glycolytic type enhancement and i'm like this is a game changer for these types of people like way way more even even the way you're expressing yep absolutely because all, all mine was i had to get i had to get the mental energy to get through the day or get through a workout of which like it's two hours long but like let's say the actual work would only take place for like 40 minutes like accounting for rest time or whatever think about it how much how much of an effect that could have on someone who is fighting in the ufc yeah. uh, r- running a marathon like a track and field athlete yeah. like a, a football player something along those lines Real sports. <laughs> real, real. What I'm saying is real sports. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be great when it goes in on live, and uh, yeah, hopefully people stay tuned for that. I'm sure they yeah. will. Yeah, it'll be really cool. But yeah, um, for everybody, David is the mad scientist from Wyoming. If you if you don't know him, reach out to him for your blood work and, and stuff because he knows a lot about this stuff. It's really cool. and so yeah um and and jake is the the middle ground between chemistry biochemistry biochemistry and fucking training sciences and then i i am the meathead that irresponsibly used drugs for a long time really good good training what you know how to move well, though. That makes exactly. Up for a lot. I know, exactly. I know how to move. I know how to apply a lot of this stuff. And I'm a rational thinker with an open mind, which goes to fucking or which should be a fucking characteristic we all strive for. <laughs> and that's basically why I have aligned myself with these individuals, because I, I am very confident in saying that they are smarter than I am in a lot of aspects. And the fact that I can take their knowledge pass it on to you guys and then hopefully you guys can apply it and then pass it on to others or refer people here. We can actually get people running responsible things when it comes to their drug protocols and living longer and living better, more happy, healthy lives, not being the individual who stays on trend for two years and burns their entire life down or something along those lines. So yeah, that's, I don't know if that was the end. That might be the end. This is the fucking performance panel podcast. I actually had, I had an idea as we were talking because fucking ADHD brain and Jake tells me I can't take Adderall anymore. Um, but speaking of neurotransmitters, we'll get to that in another fucking panel. But uh, what about the performance education discussion podcast? PED podcast, performance education discussion. I like I to say that. No, that's cool. That, Where's yeah. my fucking marketing degree god damn it <laughs> jesus christ performance education that's awesome I, that, 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 yeah i dig it and then it's just like the logo is like ped but like yeah, <laughs> yeah. there Sweet. we go good we have a name oh. we have come Sweet. up with a name awesome yeah. well no, all I... right okay thank you guys for tuning in uh we're gonna end it we will likely meet again uh two weeks from now and this will hopefully be on all your fucking listening services like spotify spotify and itunes but that is a matter of me figuring out how to do that so 
Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you later. Later.